welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. Everyone in between. Are you hearing me okay? It sounds great. I'm turning you down on Zoom. Yeah, there was a on, slight Yeah. There's there should a be no feedback echo now. from Costa Rica and I felt you here. Yes. And I really need to feel you down here. He's talking below the camera screen, if you know what I mean. Yes. Not quite that no, not quite that far. Just in our just in our guts. We gotta just get like, to, we gotta get to the guts. Gut, heart, chakra region. Gotta get to the guts of the story. The guts of the story. Whatever story we're about to be having right now and telling, we gotta get to the guts of it. And if that's Margaret Thatcher's guts, or whoever's guts joins the party, we have to get to the guts. We're going we're going right to the guts of the the root chakra, gut chakra, crown chakra conversation. And I'm gonna do so by introducing my dear, dear Dear, 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 Seth. Yeah, dude, we've had some times, man. We've had some times, and we're still so young. That's the funny part about our. That's the scary part. (laughs) Oh, that is the scary part. I hope we're around a long time because we have a lot to do. Yes, a lot to do. Much to be done. So, um, as a as an introduction for those of you on Unspeakable Bliss, this is episode number eight. Who knows? With Seth Strike and Vernon Frankel Swami. Lord. Franklin Swami. Franklin Swami. And, and Vernon Franklin Swami, excuse me. The original uh, information gangster from right. Planet God Cream. He's an octopus. Yes. Yes, they he is. Are. And we will, we will hear from them, I imagine, uh, later on in the podcast today. So, as a brief introduction, uh, I'm going to read a little bit about some of Seth's latest work but first i'll go back to uh usm seth and i met at university of santa monica where we both studied spiritual psychology and soul-centered living seth was coming out of a transition phase of his life i believe he's still in somewhat of a transition phase of um excuse me not his his their her life excuse me on that pronoun uh seth it is it is a habit that i'm breaking actively in real time as you can tell the important uh, Seth, thing is sorry christopher the important thing okay. is is that you're conscious of it and that you acknowledge it and that it is acknowledged just in general it's not about like it's not about making the mistake obviously it's just about having the awareness especially as a very like like for men specifically who identify as men or who are men and the masculine yeah. human to just be the strength that everybody like myself or other people in the transgender community or any other community for that matter within the rainbow to just have the awareness that you do that you are correcting so i didn't want to throw you off but yeah it's no worries it's appreciated i'm doing my best and it's a practice i mean you've been in dialogue with me over the past i mean for a long time but more recent it's just like the more i speak with you i realize as I said, even before we started recording, sometimes I'll have the inclination to connect because I feel such a strong bond with you, Seth. And I'm so used to identifying you as male. Which I am. I am. Sure. Your, your parts are, you are the, what is it? XX chromosome or X? I don't know which one is male and which one is female. 
Well, see, we're, um, is it X? I don't Dude, know. I don't know. See, this is, you're, you're already throwing me off. I don't know enough about it right now. You've got a penis. Let's, let's, I have a penis. We'll say that. Um, but I that also was... have a pussy. I have and... a pussy within another dimension of experience. That's right. Within That's another right. dimension of experience, I'm a five foot six blonde woman with huge breasts. And whatever Natural. chromosomes go into that, that's perfectly okay with me, whatever they are. X, Y, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, M, N, O, P, all of them are fine. In that alternate universe, are the breasts natural? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm just I literally so. a woman. I felt that. I felt them in my consciousness. I mean, I didn't yeah. physically feel them. Okay, so back they're to the perky, They're livid. They're ready for milk. <laughs> Anyway, this has been quite the um, lovely, uh, voluptuous introduction. In there we go. I might say so. Um, so Seth and I met. He, he at that time, I see I caught myself again. Dude, it's all good. Okay, doing my best. Um, anyhow, Seth was a uh, going to be in the Major League Baseball, um, MLB, and I don't remember what team. Anyhow, that was his identity was really tied into the baseball thing. And he was transitioning out of that into USM when we met. Uh, and it, yeah, if you just if you just Google Seth Strike, there's going to be this like photo of Seth uh, about to pitch. And so and I, I admire that actually, too, because I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And so we, we just connect on so many different levels from plant medicine mushrooms to being artists writers uh and being who we are being beyond and inclusive of that which we choose to identify with so seth recently wrote and published Ten Thousand miles these are different books that i'm naming uh the second book is i don't know this is not in a chronological order dear family a book full of fuck yous first and second edition uh the third book well, fourth, depending on if we're separating the first and second edition, is Mortal Conversations. He also uh, has a recently launched his music and shared it publicly, Lord Frankel Swami Satsung, which is available on SoundCloud. Vernon Franklin Swami. Lord, Ver- Vernon, Franklin Lord Swami. Vernon Franklin Swami. I want to no. say Frankel Swami because it just comes off the tongue a little smoother, but Lord Franklin Swami's music. It's quite unlike anything I have ever heard. Uh, I've played it for myself and some other friends, and there's been laughter and cringes and everything in between. <laughs> uh, and, and lastly, uh, this is where, where I want to leave off the intro with, and then the ball, the ball is in your court, or shall I say, you'll be the one pitching, and oh, uh, I'll perfect. be catching. That's interesting for me to say that. Wow, that's <laughs> interesting. You'd think it'd be the other way around. <laughs> Um, his, um, their last book is Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism. This is where we uh, have to get serious. Yeah, this is where we're going to get real serious. Subtitle, My Pissy Licks Me When I Steam. Author's note, and then she came. And I, I just want to start by reading the back of the book so everyone on the podcast has a 
a starting point, uh, a little bit more of a starting point with Seth and I here. Seth Strike is the founder of Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism. It is a radical new movement where everybody laughs at things that are meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> I'm just laughing. It's not on the back of the book. He is an enlightened octopus from a womb of trauma, and he isn't afraid to lick cold poles. He is a student of A Course in Miracles, The Way of Mastery, and has degrees in sociology, human services, and spiritual psychology. Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism is an indescribable journey into one of the most influential occurrences of spiritual experience that the world has never heard about. Hence why Seth is on unspeakable bliss. It's indescribable. Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism is something that history books will never tell you about. There it is on screen. It is just a little under 6,000 words. You will learn all there is to know about spiritual enlightenment. You will give thanks to Margaret for the sacrifices that she made in order for us to be awakened. As it is written in the profession of menstruation, if we are not willing to traverse... <laughs> if we are not... If we are not... If we are not willing... This is the back of the book, ladies and gentlemen. It's available on Amazon and Kindle. If we are not willing to traverse... To traverse the period of menstruation, there can be no blood to wipe on the foreheads of the children. If we do not wipe the mother's blood on the child's forehead, the child remains incomplete. It sounds pretty funny when you hear it out loud. For the, It sounds funny when you read it, when anything yeah. happens with it. So this is the introduction of Seth Strike on Unspeakable Bliss, podcast number eight, Who Knows? Welcome, Seth. Thank you. It took us 10 minutes, but it was a proper introduction, and I feel like we covered a lot of territory already, as is usually the case with us. Yes. Because when you reach this level of consciousness, time unfolds much differently. And of course, when we talk about Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism, we cannot transcend the suffering if we have first not dealt with it keyword trans and healed from it i could not write about the profession of menstruation as if it were a serious business why not because if the period of menstruation is taken from a standpoint of light burning candles we can't get to the darkness without first being in the light and inwardly we say to ourselves margaret we need you we are with you and we hear you This is the moment where we say, let's let that land. We're letting that land. It's a moment of silence. Yeah. But I should probably talk about trauma. When we talk about Margaret Thatcher bleeding, we should talk about trauma. 
Well, I'm happy that you say that because immediately as I just took the viewpoint of viewers consuming this <laughs> podcast and listening to it, um, I first am deeply curious about what it means my pissy licks me when I steam, like just what that actually means. And generally like humor, trauma, why Margaret Thatcher, why Islamism, these things could be deeply offensive, I imagine, to many people. And I imagine that you touching on trauma could touch on probably everything I just said. Yeah, and I guess that's something that I consider every time that I'm writing something like that. But for me in my life and my journey, if I take religion seriously, I get into judgment immediately. And when I'm in judgment, I don't feel as fully expressed, as fully whole. And any time that I'm in judgment, I'm not having as good of a time as I would as if I were just having a casual conversation with somebody's mother who just passed away. And well, I'm not... Would, would you say that has to do with... Because you mentioned religion, and I'm imagining that from what I remember, you probably didn't have a good upbringing to be like, it's not like you had a nice relationship with religion to begin with. And so I imagine that when it comes to religion and that's why it might be traumatic or triggering. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's like somebody might listen to this podcast and think that I'm a complete nut job, which is perfectly valid. Like I'm not denying that there's not a part of me that's a complete nut job, but I'm also yeah. not afraid to live with it because it can be a lot of fun having that experience at times and share it look at this and share you know? because what the ego likes to do is deny that things exist or deny that things are as they are but when things are just allowed to be fully expressed i feel much freer and something happens when you grow up in a childhood where your voice is completely cut off you're completely disconnected from yourself you have to find ways that only a child's brain could fathom how to exist in an environment that's full of yelling, screaming, abuse, abandonment, of drunkenness, of insecurity. It can be a very tough place to live. And when the messages that you're receiving from the church are all rooted from a place of fear because your mind is already conditioned in that way, if you're following me still, when your mind yes, is conditioned in an environment that's full of pain, full of unrest, full of unnerving things that are happening around you, there's only one place that you can go, and that's out of your mind and disassociate yourself from your mind and from your body and from your feelings and from your emotions. And when you try to speak to people about your emotions, and those are consistently cut away, not allowed to be expressed, they're cut off, you continually just revisit those traumatic events you continually disconnect you become conditioned in these patterns of trauma that um you can't really get out of because you don't even know that you're in them and since most of the world and since most of egoic consciousness in general is operating in that same capacity without even realizing it in many ways the majority of humanity is operating from a place of past things that are reappearing continually in the present moment, regardless of how advanced progress or technologies have become. And I know it's a difficult concept to describe, but there's only one way to really describe it from my experience, and it's to put 
a piece of work together that makes absolutely zero sense, but there's enough sense-making within all the ridiculousness of whatever we said before these moments, and to actually bring us back to a moment of wholeness to where we can psychosynthesize our personalities from all the different aspects of ourselves that were cut off at early ages, not allowed to develop, not allowed to flourish, and we are automatically given, given a script to our lives that we were meant to live. In my case, it was baseball, which was great. Baseball took me around the world. It took me all over the country. It took me to meet people like Christopher here, who's helped me tremendously in my journey just by even knowing him in general. People like Russell Neese, people like Morgan Marling, people like Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, who people around me I studied with, I studied with at the University of Santa Monica. They get, called, they get thrown in this stratosphere of a cult. But what I needed for my psyche, what I needed for my psychology was to also heal the relationship that I had with my concepts of God. And I know that can also be triggering for a lot of people as well, because God is a deeply rooted belief that all of us have. And I'm not saying that God doesn't exist. This is God talking now. God consciousness is all this is that we're doing and Christopher's third eye is completely open and he's allowing me to just kind of go on this stroll around the universe if you will and I just trust that some of this is landing whatsoever but the relationship between God and son we get conflicted in it because um, it is like such a, uh, a deep mechanism with I don't want to get lost too long down the rabbit hole here but it's a deeply embedded mechanism that exists within human consciousness and we all exist within consciousness consciousness is consciousness is in the trees consciousness is in the dirt it's in the ground it's in the minerals it's in the rocks i'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before eckhart told basically talks about this in some of his sat sayings but he won't call them sat sayings he doesn't even know what to call them but he'll bring up things like um, you know, you can drink enough booze and you can go all the way to the mineral level, which is kind of funny, but it's a state of consciousness, right? We all exist in this state of consciousness and the consciousness that permeates my being is the conscious consciousness that permeates Christopher's consciousness. The consciousness that is Chris is me and it's just a back and forth game, right? So we enjoy in the splendor, but we can't get to the fifth pillar of Margaret Thatcher's uh, five pillars, which is drunk driving, which is about the most traumatic thing that I've ever experienced in my life are drunk driving accidents. We can't get to that point and see those things from a traumatic experience because if we continually revisit our traumas, if we continually revisit um, those places inside of ourselves that still hurt or still are in pain, if we continually do it with the same consciousness that put us in those places in the first place, then we can't heal from them. And so what I'm attempting to do with my work is bring a, a lot of humor to places within the human psyche that I know I'm not alone in. I'm talking about difficult things, I understand that. But there's also a truth that permeates every word and it's in my heart and soul that I'm honoring because laughter is a great way to heal through trauma. And Christopher just caught a fly in his mouth. Did I just talk too long? I went on such a stroll through nothing. No, I was, I was, I was there with you. Uh, you know what's what's present for me with with what everything that you shared. 
is this relationship with did I make any sense yeah I heard everything and it made sense to me from I mean from my perspective right I mean a lot of the things that you shared were your experiences so yeah I heard them and I, I understood what you said and I think the general viewer if it's not my mom and my dad will understand which they are one of my top fans for my podcast I think that it'll be understood by how you know whatever I could say like the people that listen to the stuff that I share and that you share uh but what I'm thinking about branch just big branch just fell so I'm thinking about that is okay first of all I have like five or six different characters at least I mean I have a background in acting and then I have like developed five or six maybe at some point in the conversation we'll go into these different and and I, I, then I reflect on you and your experience with the different kind of um, voices that you've given to aspects of yourself. And that was Swami. That was just speaking. Yeah, that was Swami. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking about how, at least to my knowledge, my characters and the things that I've developed for play probably didn't originate or come from deeply traumatic experiences that I had as a child. And what I was hearing from you at the beginning is it did sound like in some way that the creation of your artwork, and I'm checking in with you to see if I'm missing something, and the creation of these different aspects of yourself or characters or, or things that you, uh, I don't want to say things, but identities, it, it sounded like to me that that was born out of, in a way, traumatic experiences. And I'm, I'm wondering, from my perspective, one, if that's even accurate, and two, like, what your relationship with that is, uh, like, looking at, like, well, hmm, now I'm giving expression to these things or these aspects of myself. And it sounded like to me some of them were, were directly linked or at least partially linked to enduring trauma. Yeah, and the only way that I could rational or is rationally the right word here? I'm not sure. The only way I could logically survive, at least from like a personal standpoint, to be completely honest, was to kind of develop a craziness that was able to make sense and keep everything a in a container that was going on around me. When did that begin? The, I would say I first started disassociating from myself around three years old. When I, the messages I was receiving, you know, and, and also I give respect here because these are like deeply wounded places that I, that my sincere desire and hope is that I'm not alone in these things. Right. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about with, or bring up was the actual relationship with religion, right? Uh -huh. Not everybody develops a traumatic relationship with religion or a traumatic relationship with God. But when you're in a home that is not conducive to developing a healthy relationship with God, God does not always become your friend in that sort of environment. You know what I'm saying? Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that talks about, I guess what I'm 
thinking about, which it doesn't really matter, we can talk about anything, is how, what the relationship is like looking at the different creations and different, basically like looking at all the stuff that it appears has ruled your world mm. and then going like, but fuck, this came from is or, or in a way is a coping mechanism. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's that, but I wonder, I guess if I were to make it personal, I'll give you an example. I'm courageous. Apparently I'm courageous. You and that's something. Thank you. Thank you. And, and it's, and it's beautiful and I love it. And at the same time, I sometimes question and yeah, like maybe people listening or you, some would be like, Oh, well that's just the mind. And they're probably right. It's probably, that's probably true that it is just the mind. But I do wonder if I've developed an identity based on fear, based on, I was so afraid to not be courageous that the fear slash the love drove me to be, now I have this courageous identity that it's like, is that really me? Is that really actually who I, I mean, we named the title of this podcast. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. I, I know that I don't know. I don't even know that I can't even say for certain that I don't know. So I guess I'm just giving you the example of like from my experience of how I feel like there's a certain identity or at least an aspect of me that I share with others that is based on like, yeah, a lot of heart and a lot of good. If I see I'm quantifying, I'm getting into good and bad. And then this is does in fact tie into the religion thing and how I just wonder, I, I have a lot of introspection and a lot of wondering of, well, what if I wasn't, uh, okay, a lot of this comes from me proving something to myself. Like, yeah, I, I went out there and I did this performance or I am a coach or whatever, whatever it is. And then later I reflect on it and I go, and sometimes I even feel shame. I even feel ashamed because I'm like, ooh, I'll do something. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe that was courageous for me. But now I'm imagining myself as someone else. I talked about this on the last podcast with, because uh, he's committed to sharing the truth. And he gave the example he said, he said this, he said, you know, when my son is outside and he's playing outside naked and he's like, daddy, why can't I play outside naked? And he's like, well, because the neighbor is a pervert and he's going to see you naked and he's going to want to come over and stick his penis inside of you, his hard penis inside. And he's like, there's an example of how my commitment to telling the truth probably wasn't like the most sensitive thing. And I mean, I, I could even feel the charge as I impersonated him. But I'm, I'm correlating that back to my courageous thing when I guess the thing that I come back to, I don't know that I'm, maybe I am answering my own question that I have for you, which is like, is what I'm about to do, is it loving? And honestly, the, the truth is, is sometimes I don't know. Yeah. And so I go for it and I just share this thing and then I'm like, all right, well, now I'll see what happens. But yeah, that's, does that clarify what I was asking about with the identity and the creation of it, things like yeah. that? Yeah, and you bring up a lot of good points. And also, what came to me at one point in your share, if you want to, yeah, in your share, I guess, was yeah, that's what it was, Ram Dass. And, like, yeah. I think back on Be Here Now, at one point in that little journey through cardboard pages, it says, like, you don't really know, like, as humans, we don't really know until after an event happens, and in hindsight, like, I'm always left, almost flabberg i think flabbergasted is the right word where i have moments where i'm like i have no idea what's going on like i really don't know 
what is going on in any given moment. Like, if I'm just in the flow of life, everything is just lined up, right? But then I get in my head and things can start to feel off. And then I can go down this rabbit hole of judgment. And I can get really hard on myself about just about anything that I do. And kind of like what you were just saying is like, I don't know how these things are going to be received. But, you know, one of my friends told me, it's like, you don't know who else out there in the world. Like, of course, with art, like when you put a work of art out there, one, you don't know who it's going to reach or anybody at all. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever going to read these things, but I don't see myself as doing these things for anybody else. I see myself as, um, like, yes, I want to help people. I want to help like people get in touch with themselves, but I also want to be free to be just to put all the trauma that I've experienced in a safe container because there's this huge movement in the world where it's like authenticity, right? Authenticity. Okay. Whatever I want to share, then I'm going to share myself. And is the world ready for that? if, If somebody doesn't receive it, like what I find is if somebody actually sat down with me and asked me questions about my life, they would better understand, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. They're not from a place of, like, wanting to, like, hurt anybody or kill anybody or anything like that. Like, the book full of fuck yous. Yes, like, fuck you, but also, like, it's kind of funny to me, and I understand how that might, like, sound twisted, but then again, it's like, I've judged myself so hard all my life, it's like, I'm not saying that I deserve to express myself, but God damn it, I see a lot of people expressing themselves in a hundred thousand, million, bajillion, zillion different ways all over the world. And art should be a place where those aspects of human being and being a human and everything that goes into it from fucking the, the pits of hell all the way up to the joy, like you'll read in any of these books, a number of different things. And yes, like, I could make them fictional and I could throw things and I will do that. But like, I guess I'm committed at this point in my life from other people that have inspired me to just share, to just share. And it's new for me and it makes me kind of um, uneasy at times, if you will. Like I'm worried sometimes, (laughs) I'm worried that somebody's going to... um, get super um offended and kill me like like, Mm. i'm afraid to get killed but it's like how do you know what's going to happen we can't predict the future somebody might somebody might read or listen to something and not hurt themselves right other people might take it a different way i don't know yeah yeah Wow. Um, I mean, that last piece, it, that brings up a lot for me because there's sometimes, sometimes it feels dangerous. It yeah. feels unsafe to share, to, just to share. And the fear of death, right? Like fear. And so. Like somebody's castrate me or crucify me or which castration castration might not be the worst thing but you know what i'm saying it's like the 
You might be like, like oh no. This guy's fucked up. Don't do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> just don't chop my penis off. <laughs> or do it. I'll hold it in my hand. <laughs> and I'll say, I have a vagina now. <laughs> Thank you. You know? Oh. Here's my penis. What what dawned on me when you were speaking is something that uh, I find art, whether it's acting or writing, to be it's a it's a place that I don't even I don't know if I could say hide I don't know if it's hiding, but there's something about like a book of poems or being an improv doing this mad conscious improv thing where I'm like oh it's art so it's okay like it's safe art is a yeah. safe place right yeah. to be like. I'm going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? And Do it's you feel so, that way too about art? Yes. It's been so hard for me to get that place. That like, it's so, like, I just, it's been like a lifelong struggle to get to the point where it, like exactly what you just said. And I feel like that's at the root of everything that we've talked about up to this point. As we approach 3333 on the time clock here if you're into that sort of thing. Amen, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Amen, Jesus Christ. Is here I'm going to move us. over and plug my phone in, cause, uh, my laptop in, but please feel free to keep sharing. I'll just be moving a little bit here. Are we going to have an awkward moment by ourselves here? I'll, re- I'll just keep my head on camera as I move things, <laughs> which is probably creating more of an awkward moment. Because well, this is being recorded and it's being shared, so oh we can't have a space of silence. Oh. Mama, I like boys. Oh, is that what I'm hiding? <laughs> Am is I it? hiding the fact that I like men? I like a good woman, too, now, Christopher. A good woman. She better be good, though, right? A big, a big-hearted woman. Big-hearted or big-hearted? Big-hearted and hearted. So what happened? Because... Like, Sexual I'm gonna be honest. Trauma. Sexual no, I, trauma. Oh. yeah, well, I mean, we can, if you want, we could certainly. No, talk what were you... about... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask you what happened because I have seen, just to be very transparent, like many Instagrams, a oh. Facebook deleted, activated, like, like kind of like a back and what I experienced as a back and forth. And now what I'm experiencing is with you publishing your books and sharing stuff is like, I, I have a feeling of like, okay, Seth is here to stay. And I'm wondering if like a breakthrough experience happened and that might not even be true, but I'm just wondering if something, cause you weren't sharing like this before now and recently plugging in the laptop now. I'm staring into the jungle. That ain't Photoshop. That's the real deal. I'm not wearing pants because it's my podcast. Well, yeah, you're, it's, it's your sat saying here. I don't call it a sat song. I call it instantaneous, unspeakable enlightenment. Is that what we're having? <sighs> Can you tell my... I love a good coffee. 
Can you tell it's my honest twitch? Or my nervous twitch? The honest twitch, too, I guess. What, drinking it? Yeah. Compulsively? Yeah. Like, uh, while you're on camera, like, let me use this prop to not feel awkward. There you go. There we go. Um, yeah. It's still a bit, like, I'm getting used to the whole social media thing. I've had a very ambivalent relationship with it, as I feel like most people do. And I also, like... Look at my stuff. I fight with myself still anytime I post anything. Like, I debated just putting out books for the rest of my life and then just, you know, towards the end of my life just saying, hey, I, by the way, I published 350 books. See ya. (laughs) What about this? Do you, do you feel, do you feel like a sort of, because you're talking to me, this is being recorded, I'm going to share it in multiple places. Do you, is there like a feeling of, or was there a feeling of, what you were just speaking to uh yeah i feel like i carry that feeling with me um each day of my life is like sometimes my like inner critic is just on fire and it's tough to even notice the uh inner critic actually in there which i feel like a lot of people can relate with that we all kind of have that voice that shame thing that i talked about right it's like whoa i shared this and now I feel some way because I shared this. And so I have the ability to hide it or remove it or take it down. And I feel like the, the judgmental voice in me was like a lot of my motivation at times in my life. So I can't really like hate the inner critic either because it's just like a protection thing. And it's protect it's trying to protect certain parts of myself. So I guess at the root of it's like a positive trait almost. But if we're not, if we're too afraid to look at it, if we're too afraid to look at the inner critic in a loving way, as if it's trying to protect us, it can be difficult to work with. It makes it more challenging. And so I guess getting back on social media now, maybe it's just just part of growing up. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm also just 31 years old. Sometimes I could just be a teenager because I didn't start coming out of the closet until I was in my late twenties. So it's almost like, you know, I'm going through all these little trips through time and space in a way that is like a bit cool and refreshing at times because I don't know, it's almost like I'm starting over. I'm working now as a at a BioLife Plasma Center and I'm like it's an entry level job, but it's in the medical field and I'm finding like it's getting in touch with parts of myself that maybe were cut off at an early age where my interest in like science and things like that wasn't necessarily explored. So it's really cool what's happening right now in my life as well. So I'm just maybe feeling enough safety, which is important if you've ever experienced post-traumatic stress disorder, complex PTSD. Um, And if anybody listening um, has CPTSD or PTSD, Pete Walker is a fantastic author who's written books on complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And one of his books is called The Art of Feeling, and um, I think one of them is actually just called CPS, CPTSD. Um, but I'm finally at a place myself where I feel rooted and grounded enough that, and safe enough that I just want to share my experiences that I've had. Is there anything from Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism? Or like a, a, a specific excerpt that uh, 
you would want to share or from any of the books. And there's two directions that I'm thinking to take this and we could take it anywhere, by the way, like I don't have a scripted thing. Um, yeah, I really other... it all over, pla- all over the place as a human being. So. <sighs> uh, <laughs> but the, the other thing is, um, I mean, you mentioned coming out of the closet and you're late in your late twenties, which I know that is related to the five pillars of Islamism, but I'm wondering if you wanted to talk about what that experience has been like and what that even actually means coming out of the closet. I guess in ways I'm always coming out of the closet. Like it, it never stops. I mean, I, I speak in a lot of metaphors or I think in metaphors a lot of the times because I'm, I write and whatnot. Um, but coming out of the closet for me meant um, leaving baseball behind almost. And not that base, baseball is always going to be a huge part of my life because it, took up the majority of my life like it was a very it was all my life was and uh-huh. so it's always going to be a part of me but coming out of the closet meant that um i experienced gay sex nice and there's a lot of shame that comes from it's tough to talk about now because i've moved through a lot of it and it doesn't uh-huh. kind of like doesn't It's like it doesn't feel the same way. It's like the, it almost feels like the truth is always shifting and changing. And the stories we tell in the moment, there's new stories that are formed. And the things we shared previously, like I listen to old songs that I wrote, or even these books at this point, like I've read them and written them so many times. And I don't know how you feel about your work, but like after you write it and it's out, it's time for the next thing the next story, the next thing to share. And the things we wrote about or experienced before take on newer meanings, almost. Like, my past seemed so traumatic at one point, but now it's like it all needed to happen. So, what am I talking about it for? But I guess that's the point in stories that we share and tell. Well, um, at this point, I would like to talk about the one specific thing that solidified in my mind last night to say, Seth, I want to have you on the podcast. You know what that is? Does it involve peyote? Yes, it does. If, if people even make it this far, it's already 43 <laughs> minutes. So maybe you just edit. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, if you want. I mean, if you want. It's... I I've, I've I love peyote. Um, I've had a lot of experiences on peyote. I've had a lot of experiences by myself. I've done a lot of things by myself. I've spent a lot of time by myself. <laughs> That's probably why it's hard for me to even like get on Instagram or social media because I'm perfectly happy just kind of living in my little universe. But yeah, we can talk about peyote. Okay, well, as a shameless plug, because I don't have any advertisements, no one's paying me shit for this podcast yet, keyword yet, Um, which is actually in a way funny that I'm going to be sharing this right now with you, but um, I'm hosting a men's (laughs) peyote medicine retreat, Um, and the medicine person involved 
chooses to be anonymous. So I want to say that out loud now. Um, Yeah, thank you for that wink, dear Seth. Uh, And that's happening in June. We actually just locked down a retreat center in, in Oregon. So most likely Oregon. There's a small chance that it'll be happening here in Costa Rica, Costa Rica. And it's going to be an intimate, intimate ceremony space with actually Peruvian fire torch as well, which is the strongest form of Wachuma, which is like, I just had my first Wachuma experience recently. It's like deeply heart opening as well. And peyote too. It's like, these are medicines that I've worked with, with Seth actually. Um, Peyote where it's like, if somebody, let's just say this, not that anyone would ever say this to me, but if someone said, Hey, you have to, for the rest of your life, have peyote in your body, I would say, thank you. (laughs) This medicine, it's just, it's subtle. It's gentle. It's energizing. It's, I feel like it kind of does work on me and then mixing it or combining it, not necessarily mixing it, but combining it with San Pedro, how hard opening and earthy, like Pachumama, like really like here earth grandfather spirit. Uh, Yeah. Any, anyone that feels called to that, just feel free to send me a direct message and we can, uh, I can get you the rest of the details and Seth, you, you too are invited. I, I don't, I don't know that that's something you would want to participate in, but you certainly are invited as well. And now back to the show, Seth Peyote. Well, I traveled around with a jar of peyote for a while, which was, you know, peyote is a medicine that will let you know if you're not using the grandfather in the in in a kind or pleasant way. Like it, it doesn't necessarily like to be abused. But I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't abuse it. But I'll also say that it's mm. all a learning experience as well. And one of the most powerful experiences I've had on peyote. Other than my trip to the to Zion National Park and the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, I went to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon um, on peyote and watched a thunderstorm roll across the Grand Canyon. And I got to watch that happen, and I was the only one out there. And it was one of the most indescribable journeys of my life. And then on my way back to Los Angeles... Um, my transmission, which I, I felt it coming, like I knew probably that I wouldn't make it back to Los Angeles in the way I thought I would, but it turned into a really cool story. My transmission in my Jeep blew up, and I was waiting on the side of the road for three hours for a This was drive. right after we were hanging out for a weekend after USM, was it not? Uh, no, this was later down the line. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Um and I got picked up and got a 90-mile tow into Barstow and had pretty fascinating conversation with the tow truck driver on my way back where we talked about some brothels in Nevada that he had visited. And then we got to Barstow, and I took a two-and-a-half-hour cab ride back to Los Angeles. And I was meant to be in work the following morning. And I woke up, well, I don't know that I slept that much, and I pedaled 30 miles to work on my bicycle, which was fun still you know flying high um the other time oh so many so many with peyote 
the other time was when I was working as a drug counselor in downtown Los Angeles, and I went into Men's Central Jail to deliver group therapy and group counseling to inmates, and I was on peyote then. Yeah, I, I do believe, as you said to me yesterday, I don't know if there's anyone else in the world that could probably say that they've had these experiences. Uh, and I want to I want to make a, a, a bit of a side note on what I said in relationship to this medicine that has been used by Native Americans for I don't even know how long, probably for sure thousands of years, maybe even tens of thousands of years. And when I said because I want to be in right relationship with it too, especially because I'm co-facilitating this retreat. God said, sees. God sees. God sees it all. Yeah. God right. sees. And God, God, God knows who I am. I'm a good person. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this yeah. is, I know that. I know that a hundred, a hundred percent. And that actually ties into the last two things. At least they're the last things now, who knows what else will arise in the conversation. But before I segue into those, uh, when I, when I made the comment of like, I could, I could be on peyote or if someone said, Hey, you have to this be inside of you for the rest of your life. What I specifically meant is that my experience with peyote, um, medicine is that it's very different than ayahuasca, very different than mushrooms, very different than DMT, very different than LSD. Like all those other things that I just listed. If somebody said that's going to be in your system for the rest of your life, I'll say, well, take me to the mental hospital then because this is going to be probably very maybe with the exception of mushrooms all i'm getting at is there's a subtle gentle as seth said grandfather like energy about this medicine that's it's real different yeah and and real real. by like grounded in the earth like yeah that's what i meant yeah the earthy element of it basically permanently on peyote at this point like it feels like once one of the first things we learned about peyote was that the ceremony never stops the first ceremony on is continued once peyote is ingested it, it stays the experience stays i don't know if you remember but one of the things that i said to you and the medicine man uh was i feel like i just ingested more of me like there's something just so surreal and normal actually in a way it's almost like the experience of is there anything is 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 anything happening and yet there is something happening because i look in the mirror and my the blacks of my eyes are like i look like an owl and i'm not sleeping and we're seeing lights in the backyard (laughs) something's happening but it's so like there's a subtlety to it i feel the holy spirit i think the medicine man said this is ingesting the holy spirit so it hasn't ended we're still in ceremony right now right now okay are you ready for the last two topics yeah um So the, I'll, I'll let you pick where, where you want to go with either um, ACIM, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, herein lies the kingdom of God, A Course in Miracles. That's one topic that's both profoundly important in Seth's life and also in my life. And then the other topic is 
alcohol and drunk driving. Well, since I'm done drunk driving, I guess we should talk about A Course in Miracles. Since you're done drunk driving? Yeah. So are you sober right now? I am sober. How long has it been since you've been sober? Um, since I, since January 10th. Congratulations. Thanks. I had a voluntary admittance to the mental hospital in uh, January. Mm-hmm. And my life's taken a much more sober turn since then. You know, you're not, that's the thing too, like, either I'm crazy and this is what another crazy person says to a crazy person, (laughs) but you're not crazy at all to me. You're, you're self-expressed, you're very open and vulnerable and honest and courageous. Man, that voice of judgment's a tough one for me. Yeah. It's a tough one. I try to work with it, and I barely notice it until somebody points it out like you're pointing it out right now. What is it? What, do you, what is it that I'm pointing out? Oh, that's a, good, that's a good question. What do you think I'm pointing out? See, I feel like we're, we're now talking about my, the voice of judgment in my, in my own experience. Wow, okay. And you, do you, do you want to know what I'm talking would, about? Yeah. So I'm... I had a mental note that I wanted to come back to when at the beginning of the episode you said something about like I don't know people maybe thinking that you're crazy or something and yeah. I wanted to and it, so maybe that would that would that was the voice of judgment I mean I don't know to me that sounds like someone else talking about what the voice of judgment is but then I was reflecting on how to me you you are actually like your essence and this is probably or could be a good segue to a course of miracles since nothing real can be threatened anyhow and nothing unreal exists um, you, you, I, I could see how from a certain perspective, some people would like listen to, I think I'm a lesbian, which is <laughs> a song written by Lord Franklin Swami. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got the name. Um, or like a book of fuck yous or whatever. There are many little snippets that I think can easily be judged and you could then be written off like this. But I mean, I would submit if anyone listened to this or probably actually read through a book other than the book full of fuck yous. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't read it, but as far as I know, it's just a book full of fuck yous. Well, don't give the big secret that's written on the front cover away. Oh, very literal. I mean, it's very literal. A book full of fuck yous. Anyhow, all I'm getting at is you to me are not, I think you are, you're experiencing transitions and shifts, but you could probably be keeping those secret and not telling me or anyone and be like, yeah, no, everything's good. Everything's good. And then like, I'm just very grateful for your sharing yourself and expressing yourself. And I don't think you're crazy is what I'm saying, that's so true. Oh my god. So maybe I shouldn't be sharing myself at all. I should just go back in my cocoon. Why? Why are you saying that? So I can. So, <laughs> so you can cuddle with your 
Yeah. Goodwill Sloth. Connie. Connie? Yeah, Connie. Ugh. Yeah. That's what? that's the that's the voice of judgment. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Oh yeah, but no, I don't know. Good times. Let them roll. Let them roll. What right now is a way that people could? What What would you suggest if people? wanted to connect with you to connect with your work like where what is the main and then I'll, I'll link this in the notes as well love every single part of yourself and enjoy it to the max like fall absolutely in love with yourself it's mm. not narcissistic it, it is the most beautiful experience you can ever have all of the stuff that's going on in the world good bad Shitty, awful, full of hardship, terrible, war, all of it. Yes, it's there. But when you're just like vibing and doing your thing and you're in touch with yourself and you're enjoying the flow of life and you're enjoying the people around you and you're enjoying yourself before all of that, it's such a cool place to live. It's such a fun place to be and like experience and like... It's like I'm just full of chills. Like fucking live it. Like live life. Like live. It's so fucking simple. But it's like the energy I'm talking about. You know, it's like the energy. Amen. Words around song. Like fuck. Like let's do this. Like let's just live and be yourself. For the love of God, just be yourself. For the love of God. Yes. Like and and like, that's the thing. It's like gay trans whatever you identify as, whatever your experiences is, I'm all of those experiences and more. And, and like, I love all people like, yes, transgender women. Oh my God. Fill me up, baby. But they're women. We're women. People are women and all of it. I want a world that is just, we have this art, right? We have art. Get to do whatever you want with art because you don't kill anybody or yourself. It just use the art. Put it in there, the book. Put put it in a book. Don't do it outside. Don't kill yourself. Put it in a book. Make it hilarious. I, it I love. Throw it down, baby. Wipe wipe your ass with it for all I care. It's all good. Wipe your ass with it. It's some high quality toilet. TP. Yeah, right there. It's nine. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe your ass with Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islam on Salahism. See, there's a sound bite. That, there's a sound bite that could just be like taken right now. <laughs> like this person just said, "Wipe your ass with Margaret Thatcher's Five Pillars of Islamism." It would just be like a YouTube sound bite because it's 15 seconds and it hits all those addictive. Uh, whatever attention grabbing chemicals um what i wanted to really say is i love what you're saying because if i'm hearing what you're saying when you're saying love yourself i hear you speaking about loving your individual self who you are and then and then realizing what i like to always say capital s self 
that all of the world, like you mentioned, you know, war and all every everything is the world is a manifestation of yourself. And I hear you saying, fall in love with that everything, every being as they are, not how you would prefer them to be, but just this. And yeah, I mean me. And yeah, I mean Seth. And yeah, I mean everyone that's listening to this now, like the profound energy that you're speaking to of like this, this, not, not when you get this, 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 can't you tell we love ourselves? Yes. I don't know. Sorry. That was too far. (laughs) Was it too far? Was it too far? Hey, what did you, what did you, like, this would be a beautiful ending point. I could just be like, end of the podcast right here. That was perfect. But when you said something about loving transgender women, I think you said jokingly in the song, you're like, I don't like cisgendered men. And all of a sudden I was, I don't identify as cisgender. I don't identify just period. I am. I mean, yeah. If somebody were to ask me like, what are you really? I would be like, okay. I am a straight man. And like, if, if I were put, if, if I were going to be put to death and someone were like, what are you identifying as? Or if I got a lie detector, it would probably come out that I am a straight male. Right. But I, I do also. <laughs> that might be who I am. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Let's explore this then for a moment, because yeah. you say in the song, you're like, I don't like cisgender. And for all of those people that don't know what cisgender mean as far as i know which is not very far who knows podcasts right now with seth is it's like if i identify with the gender that i was born with or or sexual i'm a i'm a straight white male for for conventional sake and i'm i'm okay with that like i'm good with that i love that and what you just said well first you you reject it at least jokingly in the song and then you just said right now i might be that for all i know what is this business all about? And do yeah. you not like me, Seth? I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel validated now. I'm rubbing my nipple. I'm just... Okay, yeah. That kind of love, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but do you just love me without rubbing your nipple? Always. And in all ways. And in every way there is. All people, all things... I like to see, I feel like I just have, I just see people. I've always just seen people. And I love connecting with people at that level. And like, for instance, I'm working this job now. And I used to work in mental health and behavioral health and counseling. Like, I was good at my job even when I was going into Men's Central Jail in L.A. Like, I'd go into these classes, and I'd tell the prisoners, like, I'd just be real with them. I'd be like, I don't really want to be here. Uh, The guards don't even think you're a human being. Um, You're treated like like shit. Um, Nobody cares about you. And I'd just meet them there, and they'd be like, oh, okay we can share with this person, whatever. Um, and now I'm in this job and it was exhausting after a while. I got to admit, like it, it takes its toll. Well, um, cause you didn't want to be there. Yeah. I, yeah. It takes its toll. 
Um, but I'm working this job now at this BioLife place, in, you know, like a plasma center. And I get to talk to people as I prick their finger for like a couple minutes at a time. And I just love it. Like, I just love like the brief moment I get to spend with somebody. Don't have to talk about their mental health or what they're dealing with at home, what they're going through. We can just talk and they're on their way. I don't know why I brought that up, but it's just, it's fun to connect. Oh yeah. It's fun to connect with people on like, just to just talk to people and see people for who they are and ask them how their day is going. And yeah. Um, you know, on the note of keeping it real, did you by any chance listen to my last podcast that I did? A little bit of it. Okay. So I didn't, and I'm guessing the, the, person um that posted a comment on this the singular one comment on this might hear this too and so i want to talk about it with you are we live uh, yeah we're live and it says one oh, viewer which is by the amazing. way me on youtube <laughs> uh but the person commented on a particular uh part of the conversation and I could, I mean, I could already, I could imagine, honestly, and I'm, I'm just being very transparent to this person with you here now, which is I could imagine that parts of the conversation could be what I experienced with this comment was taken out of context and then said, and I didn't really know how to respond to it, nor did I want to respond via like, you know, typing in a comment like, oh, well, let me say something like I, I have nothing but love actually for this person. And so I loved, I loved the comment. Did I really love it actually? No, honestly, it was, I, I felt misunderstood, actually. Uh, so I'll just read the comment to you. Ugh, really? Freedom is not, it, freedom is non-mask wearing. Please. So sick of white people who truly do not understand services to others and true oppression. I feel judged. I feel labeled i feel misunderstood i feel my my experience is that my sharing on that podcast that's couldn't be further than the truth of who i am and who that other person is and what i represent and i i feel like even right now in sharing with you like there's a there's an edginess you know there's a defensiveness that arises in me because i'm like i do my best to be like, yeah, you, this is one comment. I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm going to cry because of one YouTube comment, whatever, right now. I don't know. It's just, it's just. Is this from your last podcast? It's from the last podcast. Yeah. From someone, um, from Celeste, from USM. That we, <laughs> she went to a fellow USM student. Uh, and I have nothing but love for this person. But that comment and the way that it was made, I'm like, how, how can someone okay, I know how, because it's simple, right? It's easy to just type in a keyboard and not say directly to me that, but I just, yeah, it's like, that, I, it was off-putting uh, to me. I hear you about feeling misunderstood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, I mean, I can relate with that. I feel misunderstood. At times. I feel like we've all felt misunderstood at times, too, but 
also I experience like you, like the Christopher I know is just rooted in service. And I feel like, I think, I feel like we hit on this in this episode was, well, I might've lost it. Um, it's like, it's easy to take things. It's easy to see things on the superficial level, right? Like it's easy to see things on like in appearances and see things for, you know, for what they appear as. But if you see what's underneath of certain things that are perceived a certain way, they're, the message is sincere, right? And if we don't take the time to like attempt to understand like what another person's actually saying, like you're like you're saying with this comment that was made it's like i feel like it's just a very i acknowledge your feelings of being misunderstood it's like if we're not taking the time to try to understand what someone else is actually getting at which is a genuine act of service which is trying to make the world a better place then we're the ones that are misunderstanding what's being shared and we're the ones actually making a comment about yeah about it like yeah you know what what i'm i sort of heard what you were saying like for the most part i heard what you were saying and i'm noticing that i'm feeling distracted because i said the person's name and now i'm going into judgment on myself like oh maybe i shouldn't have said the person's name and is that a power move that i'm it's not like you actually know who the person is so that's why i said it and now i'm i'm defending myself and explaining myself because Maybe she'll listen to this or maybe someone else will listen to it. Christopher called someone out from the comments and it's like, but I noticed these things, you know, I noticed that I had a judgment even like I, I did my best to respond from love and that's why I loved it. What is it? We're human. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm an Anakian actually. I mean, I'm sent here to spread the message of God realization to all beings and remind them that their reptilian slave DNA is actually combined with, my seed, which is from planet on a who. No, I am human. I am human. Human. That's the other thing is like, it's really fun to, to spin around in the spiritual world too, but we're still honoring the human experience. And like, I feel like a lot of my artwork is in service to my inner child and my teenager like to be like yo i'm here for you i got you like did you see the the one review on margaret thatcher's five pillars of islamism there's said yeah on on amazon it has one star and it says what did a 13 year old write this bullshit really no i'm just kidding i wanted to to just jab oh my god (laughs) how dare you how dare you? I'll give it. I'll give it a five star review with a with a stuff. I'll give it a five star review with the, with the same. No, I'm not going to hold myself to that. I'm going to say I mean, something very sweet. And hey, perfect. Hey, what well, arose for you right there? Like, welcome did, it all. Did something arise for you when I said that? Um, even if it does, like, it's important to keep. Like, if you put something comical out, you got to take what's coming back in a comical way. You got to keep, you got to let it ride on the same energy. And that's what I'm finding is like, I got to keep in the flow of having a sense of humor about things. If I lose my sense of humor, I lose a certain aspect of like the joy of it. And it's like easy 
for me to like. <laughs> it's easier for me to laugh at it. Like, I. <laughs> I mean, I was reading it last night out loud to myself and, and out loud to like, me you were sending me audio messages reading this book it's just like what the fuck it's just like what the fuck man <laughs> now i'm really curious seth uh about this i i touched on this in the last episode which uh. is the value of humor and i used i used the analogy oh wait no i touched on this in my um in some other important project that I lead in, in the Living Truth on program. I touched on this yesterday. Very important work. Very. Uh, the saving the world through humor and joy and remembering to not take oneself so seriously. That's actually what the whole lesson was based on. And one of the participants actually drew a parallel with me and the Joker because I'm like clean shaven and I guess my hair was kind of... You have that. You have that vibe, Christopher, I tell you. Yeah, I know. And I, and I love it. But it's a, this is the perfect example because to me, the Joker is the story. I'm talking about the story and God, maybe even Heath Ledger a little bit as, an exa- as a chilling example of this. I don't think his personal life fits it perfectly, but let, let, I'll just stick with the Joker himself. It's really a critique to me. And I think generally this is the theme of what the Joker is, where he's like, why so serious? And, you know, he's got the he's he's taken humor he's kind of dogmatically twisted humor as the new religion and like, why isn't anyone laughing? And now he's, he's taken humor too far. And I think on some level, verifiably too far. It's like you're burning the city down. You're, you're maybe it's funny to you, but it's like, here's someone that wasn't funny as a child and then tried to be funny and got on stage and no one laughed. They laughed at him. But then he's like, I, I'm what I'm pointing to is humor and how there is a level of taking it too far. And although that's always going to be up to other people's like that's calling in society, right? Like that's calling in the judges of now let's have these 10 judges of those that decide when humor has like, have you taken it too far? You know, with the Margaret Thatcher's five pillars of Islamism, have I taken it too far? And some of the stuff that I've done, who is the one to decipher how far is too far? And have we taken it too far? I'm laughing. Uh, I mean, sometimes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) perhaps. I don't want to say no, but, you know, I don't foresee. I'm not saying either of us have, I'm just exploring it. I mean, at the same time, I'm wearing a fucking flowered print shirt, and so am I. And I'm a and I'm a little boy. Oh, you got some big bustles. Yeah, I've been, so I've I been ten, the last twelve days. This I is a good think... screenshot and a very serious moment in our podcast. Do you want to take it? Do you want to take a photo? Do you have the ability to somehow? Um, I think I can do like a screen. Uh, um, it's just because yeah. I'm flexing. It's it's a narcissistic comment. Oh, well, I mean, you're one of the most narcissistic people I know, so. I see you in me so much when I hear you say that. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I could be a complete narcissist. I don't know, but. I mean, narcissism exists in all of us to some extent, for sure. Very true. 
Um, anyhow, where where were we? We we were. I mean, we were where about... are we? I mean, we could have probably Who knows? been. We, we we could probably listen to this and think it was the most enlightening conversation. Um, or we could realize that we talked about nothingness for like an hour and a half. And I think no matter point, what we talked about, that's what we'd have been talking about. But that's probably just a, a dogmatic belief that I have about what life is. I mean, at this point, we might as well just... Are you in any hurry to do anything else with your day? Because I feel like we might as well just kind of stay riding here and just kind of... Well, maybe uh, I should have told you this to begin with, which is good feedback for me. I am... Like, this pod... Like, I've been having so much fun... Like it doesn't even. There's a thousand views, by the way. I have a thousand views, which is cool. Like I love that there's a thousand views total on it. But I view myself as like, gosh, I'm getting ready to be shot. I'm 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 putting myself up there to be shot down. I'm like, okay, let's just say this. Here comes Shaman Chris. No, Christopher the Shaman. Better than that. Okay. Better than that. Joe Rogan is gonna be on. He's gonna be on this podcast one day. I'm gonna interview. Joe Rogan on my podcast and he's going to be so grateful because I'm just saying I've been really loving just having these conversations free form. I don't have an end time um, in mind. I just want to share authentic, awesome, beautiful conversation, which I feel like this is. So why stop it now? I was so waiting for you to ask me what I was eating earlier. The funny part is, is that's a can full of human feces. Hey, don't, <laughs> don't get honest about what I do in the dark. All right, fine, fine. I'm just, I'm going to, since I went 90%, I'm just going to go all the way. And it's they're black human feces, beans, Christopher. They're black. Scraped off of a dildo. <laughs> I asked now, that before the podcast. I'm, now I'm full of shame. <laughs> Who eats poop? Nobody eats poop, Christopher. Your poop, poop mouth. I said to Seth before the podcast, is there anything I shouldn't talk about? And he jokingly said, don't talk about me eating shit off of dildos. And I think it was a joke, and that's why I'm saying it live now. Oh my god, do you want to see my dildo? Oh my god, this is so cool! Hold on, I gotta, t- I gotta take my headphone off. It's a great one. It is a great one. Oh boy, I asked. I guess I asked for this. It's called the Big O. Let me make sure it's clean first before I come back. Look at this guy or girl. <laughs> oh boy, this is. <laughs> that is. Hold on. A dildo. Check this. Check this. <laughs> check this out. It's a purple circumcised dildo that's got um, banana-like curvature, if it wants. Ooh. Well, I, I, I took it there, and then you took it even further, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, when in, when in Costa Rica, when turns, in out, unspeakable I, turns bliss. out I'm right in the next room. When in unspeakable bliss, say you can say anything. I guess could be something. Which did I take to, did I ruin your podcast? I would hate to do that to you. No, I'm just imagining there's one or not at all. I'm, I'm solely, it's funny that my mind goes here. I'm actually, my parents hearing this and seeing this doesn't bother me. I'm imagining Russ just seeing this dildo <laughs> <laughs> and feeling a bit of like, 
Yeah, and feeling a, a little bit of like, oh boy, oh boy. But no, not ruined at all. Still happy to share it everywhere across <laughs> as many I, mediums. I said, um, I said hi to him. I was like, hey, brother, love you. The one day and he was like, hey, Loki. Hey, what? Loki. Oh. Oh, like the, the character from Marvel? Well, I think, well, how I... T- oh, yeah, maybe that's what he meant. Well, how did you receive it, if you do want to I talk about like, that? Do I look like Loki? I took it as... So, Loki, I think in mythology, Loki is... And he might be an archetype, like the trickster archetype from Union. I think that's what Loki's character is based off of, maybe, from Marvel. I'm I'm assuming, right? Like... So I took it as like the god that was able to like change sex and he was like a mischief kind of person. Uh-huh. Mischievous. Oh, Sex- okay. I thought that's what he meant. I could be wrong. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? With Seth. And Lord Franklin. Franklin Swami. Yeah, that's a bit strange, I suppose. Well, you know, it's funny because we've, we've like said we're going to ride the wave. And at this point, I don't know that I have much more to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like we pretty much emptied ourselves here. So, yeah. Yeah. We really went overboard, probably. Well, and this is definitely going to have the explicit setting on it when I upload it. Yeah. I mean, you can't have an honest conversation without having a little explicitness. Unless it's with a very young child, then I hope yeah. that it doesn't happen. I mean, you never want to take your pants off in front of a child. No. No, no that's... that's No sarcasm, that's no, not no. good. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. Seriously. I mean, unless you're at the beach, or, you know. Yeah, like a nude beach or something. With old men. Only with old <sighs> present. Okay, yeah, now we're switching And, and there's no involved. There's old men none just old men old women old transgender folks is that what do you like okay because honestly when i say welcome ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between i don't know if i should be saying something else is everyone in between not honoring to the transgender community well the the i was going to say the thing is it's like some transgender women do not want to be called transgender yeah, okay, so it's it's complicated in a way. Yeah, because they're women. Right. Right. So men and men men, women and everything every I see everything. I just everyone in between. Does that feel like I don't even know if you're the person to ask about this either, but does that feel inclusive? Well, and to go back to what you said about um sick of like that comment that was made, sick of white people. Yeah. Who said I identify as white? Talking you know, that about could... oppressed was, was, no, I want to say like, I appreciate that because yeah, from like outside looking just at my face and maybe my looks or something, it's like, you well, like what, white man. what the fuck does this guy know about any of this? And it's like, well, understand is the story then of the person like 
we all come in different shapes and sizes and we all have different backgrounds, but some of us like, yeah, I was privileged to have a gift of athletic ability and privileged to have intelligence that, you know, helps people in this kind of world. But I don't think, I, I feel like what I'm saying is we all have shared traumas. We've all experienced trauma in human life. We've all experienced heartbreak and disappointment. But before we go down like a serious thing, we should probably just talk about beans or something. <laughs> about beans? Yeah, we should just talk about beans. Beans. So, this is just going to be right down there with the, fe- I mean, beans. The beans matter. The beans matter. Um, there, I'm, I'm dressing it with a little light, humorous touch. When, when I had said earlier in the podcast... You you had said something along the lines of like I am male. Does that make any sense? What is it? Do I make any sense when I talk? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm following you. I'm 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 just I'm I go into sort of like it's not necessarily coaching mode, right? But it's like there there are interesting things that arise in me, and if I think that they're arising and that it might be interesting, then I think that maybe other people might find it interesting too, and I, because I find it interesting. And then, I, and I'm speaking specifically to things that are somewhat challenging to speak to. Um, so what I'm wondering about is when you know, I, I had said something complexes about, too. What is it? We all have savior complexes too. Yeah, that's that's definitely in there as well. Uh, when you said I, I was talking about chromosomes, and we talked about you having a penis. Oh yeah. And is it is it? I'm I'm curious. Like I'm curious because I don't understand this. Actually, we should honestly look it up because we kind of like get the bet on that, isn't See? it? XY chromosome is. I think it's female. I think XY is female and XX is male. In the XY sex determination system. Yeah, I feel like we shit the bet on that. I'm glad you brought that back up. Biological sex and health. Biological sex in humans is determined by the presence of the sex chromosomes in the genetic code. Two X. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have fucking fucked this up if I said anything about it. Two X chromosomes makes a girl. Okay, whereas... so XX is female. I remember yeah. how I remembered it in school. XX is female. XY is male because the Y is kind of like a dick. Like beautiful. A... That actually. That's how I remember it. Thank you for that. So, okay, yeah, this is what I'm curious about. Do you um, deny or not deny? God, I'm, I'm struggling for, I'm trying to be, like, politically correct in saying it. You're, do you identify, like, you don't deny that you have XY chromosomes and you just are choosing to identify Uh-oh. socially in a different way. Is that accurate? Awkward awkward place to have a disconnecting moment (laughs) i think christopher was asking me can you hear me can you see me about xy chromosomes and if you're still live on me i'm denying that i have those i don't think i'm denying that genetically i have the makeup biologically speaking as a male can you hear me Are you there? 
The Zoom kicked me out. I'm still... Oh, you're there. Oh, right. Wow. I had a little secret, like, oh, no, I said something wrong, and it was hurtful, and now Seth left. Did you really? Just a little, like, just a little tiny bit. I was like, is he... Is... Are you, she, they fucking with me right now? I'm not fucking with you. I thought that... It was a funny place that the show so funny, was, so funny. Like just was as we were getting into chromosome talks that I don't know enough about to talk about. Yeah. Well, I heard it was funny because I could hear everything that you were saying, but on my end it just wasn't, or on your end it was for some reason frozen. Was it, I guess was it frozen? So Zoom's over with. You said. Well, the I Zoom is the Zoom is over with because I was on there and it said like Seth is in here. But you weren't able to, like, you weren't showing up on camera. I was still on, like, nothing changed for me except you ended up disappearing on Zoom. So the Aww. podcast for, for the Zoom YouTube will end there. And I okay. think I'll be able to string this together to the uh, first recording in Anchor. I don't think that's too challenging. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah, and there's probably also the ability to, like, as we go back through and listen to everything that was shared to, like, even put in different clips to different things and all kinds of cool ways of yeah but yeah i'm open to someone else doing that <laughs> not me not i i'm a, you know i mean i'm i'm just i'm i'm interested to hear like what all we talked about because we really traversed quite the territory yes yes we did I didn't realize how much of a judgmental little asshole lived inside of your mind, Christopher. Oh, it's it's there. It's pervasive. It's perverted. And it um, wants to censor me, everything that I say. Gosh, here I thought I was the only one. Yeah, right? No. Isn't that, and that funny? I'm, and that has to do a lot with what we talked about earlier of, like, this being that I'm creating. Is it... You know what? At the end of the day, I know it's just, I mean love, and I mean well, and... and um, I believe that you do, really. Yeah, and feel, and then all... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like most spiritual egos... They're as, good guys. They're They're good, they're very good men and very good people, and... We can all learn something from one another. We don't have to judge ourselves for our own judgments like we all have them so can i can i dive back into what we were talking about before yeah we... oh yeah yeah what, what so you you i ended up hearing you saying i don't deny that i have xyz xy male genetically genetic genetically right so it, it's it's more about like how you relate to feel about yourself and others but yeah. you know but this this is a huge thing because I hear some people talking about how like, oh, transgender people are crazy because they're denying that they are biologically this. I don't hear a denial of any of that from you. I hear something more like, yeah, I know that I have those chromosomes and this is just how I choose to identify myself with and be identified as, which is totally logical. I mean, that makes sense to me that yeah. that makes sense, you know? It's like, you know how much fun I have when I'm like, oh my God, like whoa bitch like yeah 
I do, but shit, but bitch, bitch. like I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my god, baby, I do too. Like oh I enjoy god, that too. Bitch. Like put some boobies on me. And okay, so, I like, don't enjoy that. <laughs> like put like I wish I could. Sometimes I wish I could just like. Oh my god! Like if I could just like. One morning, I just wake up and all of a sudden my penis is gone and I have boobies on and I'm just. Like I said earlier, like I'm five six, I'm blonde, I'm moving, I'm grooving, and all things considering. But then I'm like, you know what? That might just me. That might just be me being attracted to blonde, to beautiful blonde women. Well, do you do you ever fear? Do you ever fear? What? Yeah, I mean, that's. Do you ever fear this? Do you ever fear? Okay, question for you. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna lead it with a story. I used to have dreams about me chopping off my own penis or my penis getting chopped off somehow or another. And, and then the, the last dream that I had that I consciously remember was I chopped it off and then I ate it. I okay. ate my own penis like a hot dog. And I was so disappointed. The weirdest thing in the dream was I was disappointed because you can only do that once. Do you understand the disappointment? <laughs> I was like, oh man, can't eat my dick as a hot dog ever again because, you know, like... I only have one, I guess, uh, it was just so strange. And then I also had the regret. This is the thing that I'm wondering about with you. I'm, I immediately was like, there's this big fear. I tied it into, um, with some psychotherapy work that it's just me having maybe traumas from getting circumcised yeah. because that's one of my first memories. And that like made sense. And, and then the dream stopped. So I honestly think that like I rationally consciously made sense of the unconscious material that was coming up, but there was a real terror Seth of oh my god I no longer have a penis like I want my do you ever do you ever go into that like do you ever fear like if I if you did end up having surgery and I don't even know what level of sincerity you are at when you talk about some of those things but I'm wondering if you feel the fear the potential fear of oh no I now don't have a penis anymore like you can't get your penis back the real one right right well I'll say like I think it that's a it's a leap of faith that everybody that transition, God is everybody that transitions, you know, goes through. But here's the thing about transgender. What's often misunderstood about, and I'm speaking as best I can about a delicate and difficult subject to traverse. Um, likewise, I can't likewise. say that I'm an expert, but I'm what I can gather expert. and what I experience have it feel like i've experienced firsthand is that unfortunately by the time transgender people finally feel confident enough to transition if you can take the judgment away of it i mean just think and and is this the best example maybe not but caitlin jenner for instance did not transition into being caitlin until how many years of life 50 and something and how many years the transgender people how many traumas they've experienced how many suicide attempts we don't talk about this either it's like lgbtq youth transgender youth the suicide rates the suicide attempts i don't want to but I'm pretty sure it's double of the majority of the other I think so I think that's accurate marginalized oppressed groups it's like by the time somebody decides to transition, 
they have either attempted suicide countless times, thought about suicide countless times, lost friends, lost family members, have have just been completely like broken inside because they just cannot shake off the real experience inside of themselves as being different than the body that they are in. And by the time that the the full like and I feel like it's like by the time you finally decide that yeah you're I'm gonna transition or you're gonna transition the amount of work it took just to get to saying that for certain is enough that if you're willing to go that like if you're willing to do it you obviously feel strongly enough to like the self-awareness you must have, you know what I'm getting at now? It's like, do you, do you feel like you have that at this point? So for the, for instance, like in the native Americans, like the two spirited people that they've had were like revered in some of their culture. Uh And I feel like it has a lot to do with the self-awareness that develops from somebody that, completely disassociated from themselves at an early age and then kind of came back together later on in life and realized you know what like they have such it's such an interesting perspective that that can bring and shine a light on human experience you know what i'm saying if only we would listen if only more people listened because what they they've experienced is almost like or what i've experienced is like almost like a complete disassociation from your body from your mind and you lived in imagination that's why transgender people are so creative and so so you've had this like repeatedly you have had feelings conversations with yourself like man i feel like a woman i don't feel like a man i feel like a woman um but you forget about it yeah you forget about it a lot but I don't feel necessarily when it when it really gets down to it, when there's an opportunity to go see my primary care physician to transition or get on hormones, I just can't bring myself to do it because I just feel like I'm okay in the body I'm in, but I can still identify as transgender if I would uh-huh. like. And some people might get a, like, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, well... Gender for me is also very fluid. Yeah, says like, who? One, says who you can't do it. Yeah, it's like one morning I wake up and I feel like, oh, today I'm like more in my woman. And other times I wake up and I'm like, I'm more in my man. But for me, there's also a side of like when I relate with other people, and this is where the fun part of my experience gets to come in. When I relate with other people, I can be authentically me and almost be that whatever that other person needs, especially when I'm at work. You see how excited I'm getting? Just my energy. And it's like, oh, my God, like whoever sits in front of me, I get to relate with them in the best way that they need in each given moment. Do do you feel that way with me? Do you feel that you can be expressed however? Like, do do you feel certain limitations based on who you're with? Is what I'm Um, asking. Sometimes. Uh-huh. Like if there's a very judgmental person, then it is difficult to be fully expressive in front of that person because you know and you pick up on certain things within other people that if you're with a homophobic person, 
or with yeah. somebody that's not open to different expressions of gender or androgyny. I think that's how you pronounce it. Androgyny. I think and, androgyny. Oh, what did I say? Androgyny? And I don't know. It was close. It's close enough for you to know what I'm saying. But I also had dreams of like when I was a young boy, like I would like I'd have dreams of like having my penis in my coat pocket walking around the school playground. I've had that one. I've had that one. <laughs> and I'd just be like, I'd try to like put my penis back on my body and it like... <laughs> That's the one I've had. And it, just, and it won't like, go back on. I can't get my penis back on. Isn't it terrifying? Are you terrified or happy in that moment when you can't um, get your penis back on? In that dream, it's terrifying. It's a yeah. terrifying thing. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Who I think I that has my to penis? do with us being circumcised. Well... It's like it's hard to really label it. It's hard to it's hard to really determine what's going on. Like a lot I've heard people say, I think we've yeah. talked about this too. It's like the mother might have unconsciously wanted a a, a yeah. girl in the yeah. womb and that and that information downloaded or like maybe like I'm a super vigilant hyper vigilant person and what when I ask myself deeply like how did I get to be so like hyper vigilant and so observant, which is a great trait and some a great question but and a great question but it's like what comes forward is like my womb was anxious it was an anxious womb wow there was a lot there was a lot going on for my mom like for yeah yeah like there was a lot of trauma a lot of loudness a lot of like survival like to and it's like all that shit kind of it it gets in there. It's like we all come, and then and then like think about going through the. Are you peeing right now? Think about going through the birth canal. No, I'm not like, peeing. I'm, I'm watching. Shoom, it's like something. whoa! What the fuck just happened? Whoa! Uh-huh. Jesus Christ, man! Your brain's just like. And all of a sudden, you like come from the astral plane or wherever the fuck our intelligence came from, and all of a sudden, we're in a fucking body, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's a mystery. Whoa! Like, how traumatic is that? Holy shit. Well, okay, this is interesting. This is interesting, because I've talked recently with some people, some some of them being therapists, about is there something innately traumatic about being born? As in, does everybody, no matter what, like your first trauma, here you are, here you are, you're going from infinite, infinity consciousness or who the hell knows, right? I don't actually know. But then all of a sudden you're being pushed through this little canal, sometimes cut open, taken out. Let's go right up before circumcision, right? Because I think that that could in some ways be like verifiably. Like, is it traumatic? Just the nature of being born. Is that traumatic? Is it? I don't. Are you saying exactly that it is? Are you answering that? Well, no, that's or, the question. It's like, like, that's a great question. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like it probably is. It's like for, for consciousness to come, like wherever it comes from, right? And then it, like it goes, like think about, okay, consciousness exists, okay? It just is. And it's already existing before you. I'll grant you that. Like what, like it's already there. Like, your mom's conscious, and then, wabam, like, now what? It's like, you have a new organism. You have a new organ. It's like a brain developing. But it was already developing in the womb, and, the, and like, there you are, right? 
whoever that was. And shing, like here, like you were in this fucking womb, like completely protected, surrounded. Everything was given to you, like it, like your mom ate and she kept you alive and she was growing you in her body. She even developed, which I just found out recently. I feel kind of weird not knowing this, but the placenta is not even there until like a baby is in there. <laughs> I'm not a great like scientific mumbo jumbo. I guess guzzler. I didn't know that either. But the placenta doesn't even, it's not even, it doesn't even exist in women that haven't, like, that are not pregnant. So, like, I don't know where that came from. But I'm, I'm saying, like, you cut, like, you go from that to out in the world and it's like, holy fuck. Like, how can your, like, you obviously have a brain. You're breathing differently, too. Your and all of a sudden it's like, yeah. So... That shit stays, I feel like. I mean, how else could... I mean, but who knows? And does it matter? I don't know. That's the other question. Is it that important? Yeah. Like, of course the mind wants to go back to those times and be like, oh, that must be it. Right? Yeah. Like, I asked my mom recently. I was like, did you drop me as a baby? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And she's like, no. She laughed and said, no, we never dropped you. And I, and I said it inside. I was like, that's exactly what someone that dropped a baby would say. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I, didn't actually have, I didn't actually have that thought. I actually trusted deeply when I heard that. I'm like, okay, I'm just, yeah, man, woman. Uh, like, yeah. what's that? Like, why do you always, like, what is the fear about always correcting yourself? I guess maybe it has to do with you just wanting to make sure you're saying the right things. See, and I just, I, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, um, why did you say I, that? No, I'm, but I'm, I'm so happy that you said that because I, I'm happy that you asked me why. And because it's like, I have I feel that you and I have engaged in sensitive conversation and like I've said things that you have then told me that what I said was hurtful and I don't want to say something that's hurtful. And I I guess I have this assumption that if I say to you the wrong, the incorrect or not even the, the, the thing that you have explicitly told me, I don't prefer, which I don't think you ever actually have said hey, don't call me this. I don't think you have. I think you've just told me what you do like and what you do prefer. And it hasn't been man or bro or dude, but I'm used to it. And it's a way that I like relate. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I said something wrong. Yeah. Pun intended, I guess. And I want to correct myself immediately to let you know that like, basically it's to let you know that I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that I have the idea that you could be sensitive to it. And I want you to know immediately that I'm thinking of it instead of just unconsciously being like, bro, dude, man, or whatever it is like, but it's a habit because, and that's the thing when I first said it on the podcast to you earlier, because you, you do it with me, you'll be like my brother. And I, I, there's like this deep bond, deep X, Y chromosomal bonding that I have with my brothers where, yeah, sometimes I have the inclination like so many times when I'm listening to an audio message or something from you where I, I catch myself going, my brother, or like that. And then I'm like, no, 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 don't fucking do that or delete that. Don't record that. And he, well, and 
it probably has more to do with me too being like that's full on honesty too like that's it yeah. like that's fully honest for me to you where i'm like where i'm like one one day i'm a man and the next i'm a woman and you don't know which one you're going to get which makes it really fun for me but maybe not so fun for the people that are trying to learn how to talk to me in appropriate ways and i'm just like hopping up and down on my own self i'm like what you do like could it, could it, are you saying that it could be like a power move I, I, i'm no, inferring that one, no. one, okay. one, one minute i'm like a man and then the next i'm a woman maybe i took too much peyote i don't know huh. but but if i rest in my heart if i rest in my heart i'm a very sensitive feminine at times man and I think sometimes what's happened is that I've traveled a lot and I've met so many different people and I've met a lot of transgender people and have gotten to know them, which is something that I think not a lot of people do or have the opportunity to do because we're like transgender people aren't that visible and we're not that visible. I mean, I still like, am I trans? Am I just gender fluid? Am I a woman? You know, I still recently I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I might just still be coming fully together and healing through a lot of trauma that I've experienced and coming to better understand myself. And maybe I just wasn't necessarily given a great um, understanding and idea of what a man is. And. I'm okay with that at this point in my journey. Like, I'm open to whatever I'm going to be on a daily basis. I understand that, am I a whole and complete soul? Yes. Am I a whole and complete person? Yes. But I'm always, like, still looking for ways to be more at peace with myself. And there is, like, an inner battle that I've experienced a lot in life. And I'm still, like, working through that. But I feel like it's important to share it because everybody's in the same boat in a way you know we're all kind of doing this thing together even if we're bickering and arguing we're still doing those things together and i just figure like a space of non-judgment and freedom of flow and expression is like where it's at because that's where i find my most like peaceful moments amen and we've had a lot of great times in our lives together already. And it's only been really like five years or something, which is cool. Yes, it is very cool. So like, I just talked for however long, but like right now I feel like I'm responding to like, uh, I'm reacting to a judgment. I feel like I'm picking up in your own self is like, because sometimes I experience you as being like an enlightened being, right? But then when we're being honest, it's like, oh, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat. That's incredible that you sometimes experiencing me as an enlightened being. You know? I experience you and all beings as enlightened beings because that's what an enlightened being would say. 
you know and when we're just on a human level it's really nice to i feel like sometimes what's lost in the spiritual atmosphere is like just a connection on a human level of just like you know what I fucked up in 1997 too, or I fucked up back in '09 and two. Or I'm fucking up right yeah. now, or right now, or whatever. Or I made a mistake back then, or I made a mistake yesterday, and it's like, well, you know, we're human. That mean what we the hell? Oh, human. We'll die with all our concepts and all our conversations and all the memories we had. Well live on and we'll tell stories about the people that came before us and on and on and on. Uh, well, I am Is so that, happy and that you said yes to talking to me so on short notice and yeah, I actually had a really, like, it was kind of a, I felt like it was a journey, and now I'm already um, somewhat dreading the journey of putting together these two anchor clips, <laughs> because it's just a, a technical thing, and I'm no, I ain't no technical person when it comes to those things, but I this was literally, cool. I think you literally just, like, the first recording goes into an upload, and then the second one goes right in there, and then you can go in and trim and edit the clips. Well, I think it actually might be just that simple, and that's what I'm. That's what my prayer is going to be. But I'm off to take a run around the mountain because I'm just feeling giddy, and I'm going to do it jamming out to Todrick Hall, who's the artist that made that "I Like Boys" song that I sent you. Oh, that sounds so cool. Do you like boys? I love boys. Do you? I love men, and I love boys. However, I'm not sexually attracted to them, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> you sound disappointed. Well, no, I'm just like thinking to my own self. I'm like, man, I've been really attracted to females lately. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. I guess life's a pretty cool journey. I'm. Can you send me these clips as they are? I kind of want to go and just kind of walk around and listen to them and drink a coffee if possible. Yeah, yeah. I'll send them to you right away. And that sounds I do... awesome. For any of the people that listen to this, I I am very open to uh, comments, um, whatever your comments may be. Please feel free to share them on the YouTube link. And then I don't know if there's a way to do it on iTunes and Spotify. But anyhow, I am grateful for anyone that listened. And I do hope that there was some um, value and, if anything, uh, some laughter and joy shared from listening to this podcast with my dear, dear being <laughs> you, you you hear that like a little cover up Seth I love you Thank I love you. you man I I love I love everybody it's so much fun to be alive and to get to relate with other people and to share things together even if it's like hey man fuck you look at me and then it's like you know what it's all good I love you well um yeah so I guess your Facebook and your Instagram for people to connect with you is that the best way yeah probably cool all right i think facebook's kind of like i actually have some friends on there which is cool because i'm i'm taking year two at usm which is really nice so far even though it's online it's still like you know i published all these books since the class started and it's helping me like just go for it and i'm yeah. finding myself each book that i publish or each song that i put out i get lighter 
and even though like a lot of the music I've put out so far, and you know, it's dark and twisted a little bit, but it's also got like a little thing going on. It's kind of funny and it's twisted, but it's not, you know, it's just, an, yeah, whatever, but it's cool. It's cool. It is beautiful. And I love that you share all of the aspects of you that you are able to. Yeah. What the hell later? I'm going to launch one. I think I'm going to release Mount Shasta which is a funny little song, and maybe Steve McQueen. Squirt Party. Squirt Party. Squirt Party. All right, everybody, stay tuned for Squirt Party. Uh, Thank you, Vernon Frankel. Love Franklin you, Swami Christopher. Slash stuff. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Love you.